Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Hello and welcome back to the November 2018 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club. My name is Damian Marucci. I'm here with Dr. David Goldsman. We are discussing the paper, Clinical Implications of Gluteal Fat Graft Migration, a Dynamic Anatomical Study. This is by Drs. Del, uh, um, Drs. Delvecchio et al. And it was published in the November 2018 PRS. So David, what issue was this paper looking at? It looks at, as in general, really a significant issue, the intraoperative mortality and overall complication rate for gluteal augmentation with fat transplantation is unacceptably high. It's 1 to 2,351, which is quite significant and quite dangerous. Um, They essentially dissected. um, They had eight dissections of four fresh um, human cadavers looking for him buttocks. um, And anatomically, they, they assessed these directly and also endoscopically. And what they found was that there is actually, when looking at the gluteus maximus, there is an anterior fascial layer, but essentially there is no deeper layer or non-existent layer. Or there's layer. a superficial fascial layer, but there's no deep fascial layer. Exactly. Yep. So, um, so and- muscle essentially can migrate once injected into the gluteus maximus, into deeper structures, accounting for potentially fat emboli and also accounting for increasing pressure and venous traction um, and affecting sciatic nerve and other uh, structures in that area. So... How they did this study then, they used a fat graft substitute, which was applesauce, which they dyed, Mm -hmm. so they could identify it more readily, um, after injecting it either into a subfascial plane or into a subcutaneous plane. They then looked at whether any of the fat ended up deep to the muscle near where the uh, gluteal veins are, and they found that essentially if you were trying to go superficially into the muscle or, or, uh, or underneath the... Uh, muscle fascia, that because there is no deep fascial layer, the fat can essentially just stream straight right the way through. And they showed by direct, uh, by dissection, and also with the assistance of an endoscope uh, in one or two cases, that, uh, that fat was freely able to migrate deep. So there is no safe area to inject fat and not have it go around near where the veins are. How were they postulating though that these patients are developing fatal fat emboli. Because they talk about a traction injury idea, yeah. that the idea of the veins are very fragile, that you are um, plastic surgeons are putting very large volumes of fat in this plane. It is stretching the veins. The veins then straighten and stretch so much that they rupture. Uh, there is a negative pressure within the vein at that point and the fat is able is essentially sucked into the vein and then can travel elsewhere in the body and uh, cause havoc and be potentially uh, fatal. I thought that that, that um, point was uh, a significant advance uh, as a potential cause. Obviously, this is a cadaveric study, so they can't say definitely this is what's happening in every case. Um, but in the past, I think most of us assumed that patients who were having these complications, it was by direct injury to the vein where the fat was directly injected into the vein. But this is proposing a mechanism where the fat is able to passively stretch and subsequently damage a vein. 
and then it's that vein damage that then allows the fat to be sucked into the vein, travel elsewhere in the body, uh, and, uh, and, and cause complications elsewhere, which are, are fatal in, in a large proportion of cases. Did you have any concerns about this study? It is an initial study and it was quite good and it showed a lot of information which which was relatively unknown before in terms of the, the superficial cutier fascia and the deep fascia, the superficial fascia, which was a key structure in enforcing the intramuscular fat migration. I, I don't think it had any negative findings. I think it was, it, was, it was a great study. It was a great study. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, ideally you'd like... Uh, a live human study where you could somehow monitor where the fat ends up. I don't know whether that's possible. Um, I guess they could do MRI uh, studies. I mean, obviously they've done an endoscope here, but I mean you're not going to you're not going to put a camera underneath uh, the gluteus maximus muscle in a in a patient undergoing a cosmetic procedure no. for for gluteal augmentation. Um, but this certainly does add weight uh, to. Oh, this certainly uh, appears to justify the theory that they've come up with. Um, it does suggest that a subcutaneous augmentation is safe, whereas uh, an augmentation anywhere near the muscle is not safe due to the absence of a deep muscular fascial layer. Sorry, and I mean, and, and what they showed in the study, which was great, is that once injected into the subcutaneous plane, that fascial sheath really acted as a barrier, not allowing any of the fat to migrate deep. Mm. However, the converse, the, uh, the opposite happened when injected into the muscle where it always went deep and it always went away from the point of injection. Mm-hmm. The other thing about it, which is just like a, a side point I noticed, but the incidence of sciatic nerve injury being over 1% uh, just suggests that this is a procedure. It's not a procedure I perform. And based on this paper, I'm not really going to be um, doing the quick step to uh, adopt it as part of my practice. But uh, David, thank, thank you very much for reviewing the paper. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.